church. Come on and let's give God some praise this morning. Let's do something brave. Let's raise our hands to heaven. Let's give him praise. You say you can praise him anywhere. Let's do that right now. Father, we honor you. We worship you. We glorify your name. You are in this place and you're going to move today in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. High five your neighbor. Say it's good to be in the house. It's good to be in the house. You can grab a seat in God's presence. 
And we just want to say welcome. Welcome to Dothan First. If this is your first time with us this morning, whether in person or online, we say welcome. And you can do a few things. You can grab the Connect card from the seat back in front of you. Fill that out with as much information as you don't mind us having. Or if you're tech savvy, you can pull out your smart device, scan the QR code on the screen, or even text D1TEXT to 84576. Please fill that out with as much information as you don't mind us having. And at the end of service, you can either take that Connect card or show us that you fill that out. You can drop the Connect card in the giving box. But we ask that you meet us in our guest reception to meet some of our pastors and our leadership team. We would love to meet you, exchange that Connect card for a gift. So please do that. But Dothan First, can we welcome our guest this morning? Welcome. So glad that you're here. And uh, we want to go ahead and let you know of a few things that we have going on. One of the most important things coming up uh, within next week is our Young Adult Campfire Outdoor Worship Night. So please be here for that. Yeah. It's going to be exciting, and it's specifically for ages 18 to 35. That's September the 10th at 7 p.m. You're going to want to be here. You want to invite all the young adults in your life. So young adults, if you see it on social media, share it. Everybody else, please invite somebody between in that age group to be here for that. Uh, we believe worship is very important, and it's a, it's a spiritual discipline as well as it helps lead us into God's presence. So we want to uh, not just have fun in those moments, but we want to encounter God in a unique way. So please. Please be here for that night. We also want to remind you that, as you saw on the D1 Tech slide, that we got life group signups. And I just want to tell you, I was encouraged this morning as I was walking in. I saw people already signing up. So I want to encourage you to do that as well. And I do. I want to say this, not just only as a plug, but even if I wasn't a pastor on staff, I would be a part of some form of a life group because it's important. And I know we say this often that you grow in relationships, but it's just true. So we want you to grow together not only grow closer to God, but grow closer with the family of God. So we got a lot of things out there that you need to look at. We got some life groups on fatherhood, motherhood, parenting, singles. Where are my single people at? Raise your hand. Yep. All right. Look around the room. There you go. <laughs> uh, young adult ministry, Bible studies, senior citizens, youth ministry. Uh, there's just something for everybody for... Um, I promise you, you really don't want to miss any of these life groups. And they're going to do fun things. You got bowling. Uh, some people are going to go out to eat. But I encourage you to be a part of those life groups. Why? The number one reason is for us to continually grow, not just on Sunday mornings, not just on Wednesdays, but in other ways to impact and reach our city. Amen? So I want to encourage you to be a part of that. And speaking of having something for the whole family. Uh, some of the groups that we didn't even mention that we offer every single week, brotherhood, sisterhood, please be here on Wednesday nights at 630. Our kids first ministry, our youth ministry, we want to encourage you to be a part of those. And speaking of our next generation, we got a special video we want you to watch. So if you don't mind, please turn your attention to the screen. Kids first is our children's ministry for infants all the way through fifth grade. And we have a spot for you to be involved. Serving in Kids First Junior has allowed me the opportunity to use my God-given gifts of working with children to serve our church. It's also given me a special opportunity to meet some of the parents that are also in our church that I might not have gotten to meet in the first place. The best thing about Kids First is playing the games on Sundays and Wednesdays. You know, I really wanted to make a difference uh, with, with the kids and, and you know, today's Society has a big impact on kids and, and trying to, to steer them in the right direction. And Kids Lost also had a time machine and 
It was really cool. I love all the smoke. We've met so many bubble turtles in the time machine. You probably can't help. Just working with the kids has made me, I feel like a better person, has made me back to who I needed to be, who I wanted to be. My son is, is of age to be in kids' ministry, so it gave me a chance to connect with him and, and, and impact a lot of other lives, too. And kids will also learn that God lives in our heart and knows anywhere we go. The best part about serving in Kid First Junior is being able to be with my own daughter, watching her grow and learn in her walk with the Lord around the peers that she's going to be with throughout life. It's helped me grow so much, uh, grow my faith, grow in my leadership, being able to reach out to these kids has been tremendous. God's answered pretty much every prayer of prayer. I've learned how to pray in kids' first. You have something unique to add to this ministry, and we'd love to have you on the team. See Pastor Josh or Natalie to join. All right. <laughs> I learned how to pray in kids first. That's, That's right. incredible. Awesome. I love, it. I love it. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I just, I don't know about you, but I want to give that little boy a hug <laughs> and say, you can pray for me when, when you're done praying for all your needs. You can pray for mine too, because the faith of a child right. and the beauty of watching children grow in their faith, understanding God's word, and you can be a significant part of that. You can make a difference in a child's life by investing your time. And one of the great things about our ministries here at Dothan First is, you know, I, I've been a part of local church conversations where they're trying to get people to serve because like, it's kind of like the Titanic, it's sinking and we've got to have help and, and, and they just throwing people in. But no, we, we around here at Dothan First, we want you to serve as God's gifted you and we also believe that your investment makes a difference. And so the, and the, the beauty of what we do here is that there's so many that are serving and getting involved that we have people on rotation. So it's not like, well, once you're in there, you'll never, ever, ever, you know, be able to see the inside of a sanctuary ever again. No, it's an opportunity for you to partner with so many other adults who are putting their time, energy, and effort into ministering to the lives of young people and, and kids. And so today we actually get to celebrate children. This is uh, one of the most favorite things that Michelle and I get to do in ministry. We get to dedicate a child to the Lord today. Right. We are so excited today to be able to dedicate Miss Addison Grace Weaver. And I'm going to ask her and her mom Teresa Reynolds and family to come. Whoever yeah, come on up, is going to come on up yeah. here. Give them a come hand. On, give it up come for on them. up here. Yeah. We're so glad. We're so excited. This We're is a so very excited. special day this for us. This is a very special day. And as they are coming, I just want to say a little bit about Teresa, um, who's Addison's mom. Well, first of all, let's put her right in front. <laughs> Look at go. her. Is she oh, beautiful? So cute. She is three years old. Hi, family. <laughs> hey. How are you guys? But you guys, this is, um, Ad yes, Addison's mom, so Teresa, sweet. and y'all may remember her a few weeks back that she had just given her life to the Lord and gotten baptized. And let me just say this. I said this over the phone yesterday, but I want to just tell you how proud I am yeah. of you, how proud I am that you are standing up here today with your family 
and your little one saying, I am going to dedicate her to the Lord. And you know, she, you have such a story and I don't want to steal all of that because I do believe that someday you're going to be able to, to share that. But just how the story, how you came to even know the Lord and how you found this church and, and which was all about the kids ministry. Let's just be honest. Right. Right. Um, but how right now you're just so hungry for the things of the Lord. And I'm just so proud of, of you. And Miss Addison, you're so pretty. You're so pretty. This is about you today, right? Um, Addison Grace, her name means made in God's image, which I thought was so significant for today. And according to the Bible in, in Psalm 139, God took intentional time and detail to knit this little one together perfectly when she was in your womb. And Psalm 139 says that she's fearfully and wonderfully made. But the scripture that I felt like the Lord wanted to highlight over Addison this morning was this. Psalm 139:16. It says, "You saw me before I was born." That's right. That means you, Addison, that God saw you before you were here on the earth. Every day of your life has been recorded in God's book. Every moment was laid out before a single day has passed. And you know what that says to me, mom, family? That God has a plan. Yeah. God has a purpose for this little one right here. And for mom too. And I can't wait as your pastors and your church family to walk with you as you raise this little one in the things of the Lord. We're here for you. Take a look, church family. This is Teresa and Addison and her family. And we're so glad that you are part of this. Yeah. Today as we dedicate her to the Lord. We really dedicate the family to the raising of a child because it's not easy in our day and time. And honestly, the older I get, the more I think the world has changed so much, it seems like it gets even harder. And yet the family that's connected right here is what helps make this moment not only so special, but also so helpful because we're not alone in the process. And as we said, we've got a, a church family here that's in prayer as well for you as you walk this journey. But here's what I'd like for us to do is, as we dedicate little Addison to the Lord today, I want to just read this dedication. And as you simply hear these words, I want it to be something that stirs up in your heart as a dedication for yourself as well and for the family. So I'm going to read this to you. Do you now present Addison before God? in solemn dedication, promising to bring her up in the nurture, the discipline, and the love of the Lord, and teaching her to rely on the power of His Spirit, and regularly fellowshipping with other believers in a Christ-centered church family. If so, if you would all say, we do, yeah, and with God's help, you promise to bless Addison by modeling the teachings of Jesus, training her in the practice of prayer, and guiding her toward the development of Christ-like character. If so, say, we do. And do you now commit to pray daily for this miracle of life that's been entrusted to you and to guide Addison so that in the following of the example of your life, 
that she'll be able to know Jesus as her personal Savior. If so, say, we do. Today, it's my joy to celebrate this moment, this beautiful life. And one of the great things about the Lord is when Jesus was walking on the earth, some of the disciples, some of those that were around him, saw some little children trying to run up to Jesus. And they, they got agitated with the little kids and they tried to push him away. And Jesus rebuked them. He said, no, 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 let the little children come to me. He said, the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these and it's the faith of a little child that we all should have. Oh, that smile, so wonderful. So today, we'd love to pray over little Addison today. I mean, I wish you could be as close as I am to see this smile lighting up a room today. And uh, we're going to pray over you today. And uh, we're, what we're going to do is we're going to invite all of the congregation, if you just kind of stretch out your hand toward them as though you're kind of standing with them today in prayer. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much, God, for Teresa, for Addison, and Lord, for this entire family. We speak blessing over her today. God, I thank you for the beauty of her life, the joy of her smile. And God, I thank you that even in the, the moments like this where we celebrate, we also recognize that it's a journey. And that as we walk in the journey, you're beside us all along the way. So we speak faith and favor in the journey. And God, we speak blessing. Blessing over Addison, blessing over Teresa, blessing over this whole family. We speak blessing in Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 And we're going to take a quick picture right here. So if you just kind of smile and look right there. <laughs> can you give this family a hand? Hey, you guys can be seated. Bless you. We're so glad. Hey, sweetie. Bless you. <laughs> hey. Bless you, sweetheart. Oh, we're so glad. So thankful. Well, we've got a gift down here. And uh, you guys can be seated, but we're honored that we get to celebrate in these moments together. And um, one of the things that we believe in is investment. Investment in children, investment in families, investment in relationships, investment in marriages, and investment in missions. And many of you were here a few weeks ago when we had a group of people stand across the front and we prayed over them a blessing as they went off to Poland to, to develop a training center. They were working to uh, expand a training center uh, in Poland for missionaries and ministers to be trained up to plant churches literally around the country, but especially in that region. And, you know, in the, the war in, in Ukraine and all of those refugees that were transplanted of no fault of their own, but became refugees, now are in desperate need of the gospel message. We sent food, we've sent water, we've sent clothing, we've sent tents. From this church, we've sent a whole lot in that war effort. We've sent Bibles, uh, but one of the things that we wanted to do was send people. And so those that went on this Poland trip did, they did such a wonderful service and we received word from missionaries uh, in that region saying thank you for the work 
that they did, but they were a representation of all of you today, and many of you supported them financially. So if you would, turn your attention toward the screen, just a quick video, a recap of what happened in Poland. Come on, give it up for those amazing workers. And we're so grateful to each and every one of you that served. But we also know that you didn't go alone, that our prayers and our finances went along with you. And so it, we've always said this about missions, that uh, there's three ways that you can be a part of the mission work around the world by getting the gospel message out is you can go, you can give, and you can pray. And so we want to give an opportunity to uh, celebrate in worship through giving. So listen, it's offering time. We get to give unto the Lord. How many are grateful God's blessed you? Come on. He's been good. He's been faithful. And we honor him with all we have. And uh, we don't pass the offering plate, but you can see the five ways to give if you'd like to participate. And of course, if you want to give toward the missions of this church, um, it's, it's a heartbeat of our church. It's a heartbeat of the Lord. And so because it's in his heart, we share in that harvest. But we also share in the reward that when people come to know Jesus as a result of our giving, there's, there's this eternal blessing that lives on. And so we're grateful to be able to partner in the work of the kingdom around the world. Listen, I want to pray over you, over your family, over your finances as we prepare to give unto the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity that we get to give. Church, as you're obedient to the giving of tithes and offerings, God's word says, prove me now in this. See if I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing, there won't be room enough to receive it. I proclaim financial increase on you and your households. I call for better jobs to those who need or desire them. I declare favor and breakthrough in court cases, settlements, inheritances, and estates that are justly yours. I call forth even unexpected monies to be discovered. Lord, we bless every entrepreneur in this room 
May your minds be inspired with godly ideas for creative inventions. And for those who own their own businesses, let abundant blessings be released on your company as you bless your employees. Lord, today, I pray a blessing on families, on parents and on children, on marriages. Lord, I pray that there be such a sweetness in homes as we dedicate our lives to, to you every day. And God, now we celebrate in giving as we partner with you to see the work of the kingdom, your kingdom, advance and that your name be lifted up and your love be distributed. We thank you for that. In Jesus' precious and holy name, we pray it all. Amen. Amen. God bless you as you give. And today, I want to invite our elders, it's really your elders, to go to their various stations of prayer. They'll be in the back over here by the exit sign, in the back over here by this exit sign, and up in the balcony over here. And they'll be waiting on you during the next few songs of worship. That if you need prayer for any reason, we still believe that God does miracles. And we've seen it time and time again as we reach out in faith. And so today, if you have a need, whether it's a financial need, a spiritual need, a physical need, whatever it may be. If you have a need today for prayer, I'd invite you to just, as we all stand up and get ready to sing that you can just stand up and slip out from where you're at and go back and receive prayer from your elders. And today we're believing for God to do great things. Would you stand up with us? Let's worship the King together. Slip out from where you're at and receive prayer today if you need that. God bless you. Let's worship together.
stand on the promise that God has already given you. If he said it, he will do it. So let's stand on it together. And I am standing on every promise that you made. I will see it come to pass in your name, in your name. Jesus, I will trust every word I hear you say. I will see it come to pass in your name, in your name. And I am standing on every this song the Lord reminded me and I um, just want to share with you that if God gave you a word a promise something you've been praying for it could be days weeks months even years I don't know how long I don't have to know because what I do know is that God sees you and he hears you he hears every cry of your heart no matter how long you've been praying. God is faithful and he wants you to know he's faithful and that it's gonna happen. I don't know how, he does. I don't have to know how, you don't have to know how. All you have to know is that God is going to make a way because that's what he does. He does not forsake us. He never abandons us through the disappointments the hurt, the sickness, the pain. We all have something here. But God is on the move for you, for me, for us, this city, this country, this world. He's faithful and he's moving. So trust him and move with him. Trust him. Stand up. Stand on the word. It is a solid foundation. They believed it then, and guess what? It's the same now. He's the same God then and now. We're about to sing a song. 
about the power of the name of Jesus. And so I just want to encourage you, whatever it is, speak his name over it. His name is power, and there's power in the name of Jesus today. I just want to speak the name of Jesus.
Can you give it up for all those that are joining with us online right now for the first time? Come on, let's give it up for them. Yeah. 
Well, listen, we want to say welcome to you today. And listen, if it's your first time joining with us online, we hope you feel connected. But more than that, we hope that if you're ever in this Wiregrass area, that you come and be a part of the family of God here at Dothan First. There's no place like home, and there's nothing like being in the house of the Lord. And can we once again give it up for all those joining with us for the first time here in the building? Come on. Welcome. We're so glad that you're here, and after this service, Michelle and I would love to be able to connect with you and greet you outside these doors, and before you get all the way to the very last door, before you walk out the doors uh, of the building, you'll just see to the left a big old sign that says guest reception, and that's for you, and we'd love to just take a moment and greet you, and then after that, we'd love to give you a gift for hanging out with us today. Well, listen, today I'm so excited about what God's got for us. Would you grab your copy of God's Word? If you don't have a Bible, let us know. We'll gladly give you a Bible free of charge. We just want to make sure that you've got God's promises in your hands. But also, it, you might want to join with us with the, uh, the app, the YouVersion app of the Bible. And uh, you can open that up. The notes are available in there. But uh, go ahead and grab your copy of God's Word. Say this with me. Say, I am what God's Word says I am. I can do what God's word said I can do. I can become all that God said I could be. So today, I'll hear God's word, I'll receive God's word, and I'll obey God's word because I love his word. Now just turn to your neighbor and give them a little compliment of some kind. Let them know that you appreciate that they sit next to greatness. <laughs> some of you got that. Uh, you can turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 4, and we're going back into this series that we've been in regarding healthy habits, and one of the things that we mentioned early on was that if you're going through something in your physical body, and they don't know what it is, they'll do blood work, and they might do body scans or an MRI or a CT scan to try to figure out what part is unhealthy so that they can give you a pathway to fix it. And that's what we've been doing for relationships over the past number of weeks. We've been trying to give you a relationship scan to figure out, well, what part of this relationship issue that I've got or this problem with my spouse or problem with my kids or my coworkers or my boss what is it that I can fix and let God do that scan over your life to figure out what may be out of place or unhealthy that needs to be resolved? And so I've given you some biblical steps, which I want you to make sure to take those action steps. But one of the things that we did over the past couple of weeks, and for those of you that have been here, listen, this is review a little bit for the very beginning, just to catch everybody up to speed. But if you, I'm not going to re-preach it, so if you want to, you can go back on uh, YouTube or on any of our social media outlets and find those messages, and hopefully that'll help you, especially in your relationships. Listen, if you don't have a problem in your relationship today, guess what? It's coming. <laughs> Because eventually you're going you're gonna to knock heads with somebody else because oftentimes those, whether it call it a lack of chemistry or just human nature, we tend to be selfish when it comes to relationships. And over the past couple of weeks, we started with Ecclesiastes chapter 4. I'm going to read a few of these scriptures just to give you context. So it says this in Ecclesiastes 4, 9. It says, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. 
if one person falls, the other can reach out and help them. That's great. But it goes on to say, somebody who falls alone is in real trouble. So we talked about the benefits of partnership and that God wired us for relationships. That's why we feel it's so important that you sign up for a life group. It's not just a program of our church. This is the opportunity for you to get to know people that are in this congregation, some amazing people, and you'd never really know them until you get into a small group. But here's what we talked about, these body parts that represent the symbolism of the body of Christ, which is this congregation and every other church that names the name of Jesus, this biblical symbolism that God used to describe the different body parts working together in unison, right? Like the hand and the foot. We, we, we wouldn't, the hand couldn't say to the foot, I don't need you because the arm can only stretch out so far. It needs the feet to minister and get closer and connected. So here's what we shared over the last couple of weeks. First of all was the mind, that God gave us a mind to understand uh, one another and to learn to love each other by understanding each other, that we might have the mind of Christ, according to Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ, to have understanding. Listen, you may not be able to fully understand your spouse. We're, look, Michelle and I are getting ready to celebrate 29 years of marriage, and I can just tell you, I've, I've done a deep dive study on this woman, and there's still stuff that surprises me. <laughs> and it's all good surprises for the, for the most part. <laughs> no, but it's a constant study. And listen, I'll never be able to fully understand, but, but God helps me with the mind of Christ to be able to better understand her, how to love her the way Christ teaches me. He gives us eyes that God gives us eyes so we can see what can be. Matthew 6 said it like this, your eyes like the lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, the whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, the body is filled with darkness. And often we go into relationships with eyes closed. We don't really see what can be in the person. We see the flaws, we see the faults, we see the failures. We just can't see what can be. And then the next thing we talked about was the ears, that God gave us ears to hear what's really going on in relationships. Here's what it says in James 1.19, dear friends, lead with your ears, right? And then follow up with your tongue. Be quick to listen, slow to speak. Biblical wisdom in healthy relationships is that we listen more than we talk. God gave you two ears and one mouth so you can listen twice as much. That's the reason. Then he, he did give us a mouth, but in that mouth, he gives us what to say, that we have a mouth to say what we see. A sign of an unhealthy relationship is that people say things they shouldn't say, and then they regret it later, or they don't say what they should say. Ephesians 4.15 said God wants us to grow up to know the whole truth and then listen to tell it in love. We have to learn how to tell it in love. And when you're really close to somebody, you get to see their blind spots and their flaws and you've got an opportunity. You've got a real decision to make. Are you going to back off and withhold information or are you going to get close and be, relationship, be relational and have a conversation out of relationship? The point is that truth sometimes can sting, but it's a gift of love when you give it with the right heart, the right motives, and the right words. And you have to test yourself, uh, ask yourself, and prayerfully consider before you talk to somebody about a controversial subject, 
You need to ask the Lord, Lord, help me and show me my stuff. Like the Bible talks about you, you're trying to take the speck out of somebody else's eye when you got a log sticking out of your own eye. You, you have to ask God, Lord, show me those areas in my life that need to be changed and then help me to be humble. Take my ego out of it. Listen, honesty can be a gift when it's used correctly. Honest words can provide surgery for the soul. But you need to understand that healthy relationships always include both difficult words and encouraging words. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says it like this, encourage each other and build each other up. It's the power of your words. Listen, it's easy to see obvious flaws in somebody, but when's the last time you walked up to your kids or your spouse and said, I see something deeper in you, something amazing in you, something incredible in you. I see gifts and talents and ability. I see destiny in you. And then begin to call those things out of them, calling those things that are not as though they were. You begin to declare over them powerful words, not just out of your own mouth or mind but out of God's word it literally breathes life into relationships and we closed with this scripture a few weeks ago Matthew 13 15 that says this yes the mind of these people are now closed or calloused or stubborn they have ears but they don't listen how many people in relationships have ears but they just don't listen they have eyes but they refuse to see right do you see what can be so if their minds were not closed, here's the good news, if their minds were not closed, they might see with their eyes, they might hear with their ears, and they might understand with their minds, then they might turn back to God and be healed. Friends, God's looking for healing in your relationships, and I believe before you walk out the doors of this church, God wants to heal relationships in your life, and they may be seated next to you, or they may be in the kids' ministry right now, or whatever, they may be a, a thousand miles away. But I believe before the end of this service, God wants to start to bring the restoration process of healing, but it's got to be through his word. We've got to understand that he's given us these symbols in our body to represent how to be healthy in relationships. So today, let's talk about it because I want to help you in relationships. The fifth thing we we're going to talk about today is that God gives us hands to serve others in love. Hands to serve others in love. This is how healthy relationships uh, work they include serving God didn't just give you hands to serve yourself or to make a living friends God gave you unique fingerprints so that you could minister to other people to bless other people to put your hands to things that would prosper and I'm not just talking about things that make you money or a career or to be successful as a craftsman or with hobbies or with your special interests or your schooling friends God gave you those unique fingerprints that you might place your hands on the lives of other people. At some point in your journey, if you don't recognize God's hand using your hands, you're missing out on what, what life was really meant to be in this Christian life. Healthy relationships include serving and giving to other people. And it's not always our natural response. Why? Because we're born into selfishness. Last night, I had a selfish moment. I'm going to be honest. I, I like to be just forthright and honest. Last night, I had a selfish moment. I had felt like that I had taken out the trash more than anyone else in my household. <laughs> just being honest. I'm not saying it's true. I was just having that moment of feeling. 
I felt like I had emptied the trash over and over again. And, and it seemed as though there were other individuals in my household. I'm not naming any names. <laughs> seemed to put things on top of the trash that went above the lid, making it harder to close and cinch and tie and pull. Does anybody else have family? Um, in <laughs> and then I noted that once it was so full that you couldn't put anything else in, that there was a couple things sitting on the counter just waiting to be put in when someone would... Does anybody else have family? Okay. So here's what I did. I did what's called a passive-aggressive move. Okay? I quietly and kindly in a servant's-hearted way pushed that trash down as hard as I could and cinched it tight, and tied it up and pulled and got that thing out. And then I went to go get another empty trash bag. But when I did, as you know, you can't just put a trash bag in. You have to fluff that thing out. You got to open that bag up. But when you open it up a couple of times, there's a popping noise that's made. And I have to be honest, I popped it one more, one extra time than I should. I'm just being honest. Now, listen, if my wife hadn't have acknowledged it, I probably would act like it did not happen. But I popped it one extra time beyond what I needed to pop it to open the bag. And my wife looked at me and she looked up from her computer and she said, really, Mark? Really? <laughs> oh... We were born into selfishness. Look, you don't have to be intellectual to be selfish. You just have to be human. And we all have our moments, right? Our first word growing up, we learned after mama and dad, that was mine, <laughs> mine. Have you ever seen a child that's not playing with a particular toy and another child walks up and grabs the toy that they are not playing with and all of a sudden that child now wants that toy that that child now has? And we as adults grow up and we're no different. All of a sudden we just become so self-centered. You know, we, we grow up and now we're teenagers and it's still mine, mine. It's my way. I want this. I want that. Who cares what everybody else wants? And then we get married, and then it's mine all over again. You know, in marriage, there are certain things that you can take from me, and, and it's, I have no problem. You can take money, and I, I, look, I'm, I will be your ATM. You, you, can, you can take all kinds of things from me, but there's one thing that I ask that you not take in, in, in relationship, and that is the covers while I'm trying to sleep. Now, I don't know if any of you in this room, well, I'm being so personal and real with you all today. I'm trying to help you in your relationships by damaging my own. <clears throat> this, is at my, this message is at my expense for your benefit. <clears throat> so you better learn something from this. <clears throat> my wife likes the house a little colder than I do. And at night, she likes to turn down the air and then put a fan on and and it's just, it's, 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 it's a lot colder <clears throat> than I prefer it. And what I often suggest is if she wouldn't go to bed with a snowsuit and then take all the covers away from me in the middle of the night, 
I'm so hot. I just, I just wake up and I'm so hot. Well, that's because you got all my covers. And if you take off the snowsuit, then I'd be hot. And then we, anyway, that's another marriage subject. I, the, the young people didn't get it and that's good. I'll just go with that. Let's just go with that. <laughs> I'm in so much trouble right now. You have no idea. <clears throat> Friends, at what point from the moment almost 29 years ago when I stood like this and held her hands in front of a minister in a congregation and I said, I do, and I'll give him my possessions and I'll give everything to you and I'll, I'll live so selflessly and it doesn't matter about me and for richer or for poorer in sickness and in health and I gave all these wonderful I do's and then all of a sudden we dropped hands and I got selfish. How many know in marriage, it's so often like that. It's so easy to fall back into those natural habits that we have to stop serving others. But listen, as a Christian, God calls out to each one of us to be like him in selflessness, to serve others. And it's not easy, but it's the DNA of our faith. And we have to practice to make perfect. We have to decide, am I going to obey God and serve or am I going to remain selfish and stingy? Jesus knew we were going to deal with this. And with his, his disciples, they started arguing. And he overheard them arguing about who was going to be the greatest, who was going to be the best, who was going to be first, who was going to be number one, all of this stuff. And Jesus, in his loving way, gets these guys together and has a conversation with them about what it really means to be a leader, what it really means to be successful in life. And he says this, and uh, I, I'll set up the context before I get to it. Uh, it's in Matthew 20, but the context is this. He says, you know that in the world, kings and tyrants and officials lord it over people beneath them. How many know in this culture still, 2,000 years later, kings and tyrants and uh, uh, officials lord their power and their influence over people? Still, today, still happens, right? People of power or influence or, or wealth lord it over people. But, but he goes on to say this. He says, but among you... You should be quite different. Everybody say different. <laughs> you need to be different. He says, anyone waiting or wanting to be a leader among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first must be servant of all. And he said, basically, Jesus said, I'm not just telling you this. I'm going to model it. And then later, he's with his disciples, and he begins to get a towel and a basin and washes his disciples' dirty feet. Not just a few disciples. He washed the feet of Judas, the one he knew would later betray him. How many of you in this room are willing to wash the feet of your betrayer? Here's what it says in Matthew 20, 28. He closes with this. He says, your attitude must be like my own. For I, the Messiah, did not come to be served. Can you imagine the savior of the world said, I didn't come to be served. He said, I came to serve <clears throat> and to give my life as a ransom for many. Jesus said, if you want to be first, be last. If you want to be in a good relationship, in a healthy relationship, you need to learn to serve and love and give. First John 3, 18 says, let us, not, let us stop just saying we love people. Let us really love them. Show it by your what? Actions, man. God so loved the world that he, 
It's an action point. He chooses to serve. And a relationship of mutual service creates a successful relationship. Now, let's stop and say this. You need to think small before you think big, right? We've, say, we've said, oh, I'll just lay down my life for my spouse. I will lay down my, my, my whole life for them. Listen, sometimes you're not even willing to lay down your cell phone for them, right? You're not even willing to lay down your own agenda, your own desires, your own TV remote. You say you're willing to do the big stuff. I'll lay down my life, but I won't lay down my cell phone for you. I won't put down the remote for you. Start with the small acts, like listening instead of talking, or something called acts of service. One of the love languages of my wife is acts of service, simple acts of service. And if you know anything about the love languages, or if you've heard that terminology from a very popular book as it relates to relationships, is that you begin to speak the language that you most desire. Like, uh, mine would be, words of affirmation or physical touch and so I might want to come up and give her a hug and tell her how great she is when in reality all she really wants me to do is vacuum the floor you know what I'm saying okay I'm speaking the language out of which I want to receive but instead I have to learn a different language so that I can let her know how much I truly care are you following this it's so important that we recognize the small acts to take the focus off of you and to do for others, our friends, our family, our coworkers. How can we serve today? Who, matter of fact, you might, you, you might just write this down. Ask yourself two questions before you even get out of bed. Who should I serve today? Lord, who should I serve today? And how can I serve them well today? Those two questions before you even let your feet hit the floor. Who can I serve today? And how can I serve them well today? So important. That's, that's what spiritual maturity is all about, is that we learn to serve others, right? Little children that are immature are selfish and self-centered, but those of us who are mature learn to give and to serve. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Sixth thing is that God gave us a heart, a heart to feel empathy when others hurt. Mother Teresa said it like this, empathy is your pain in my heart. In other words, I love you so much that when I see you in pain, it pains my heart. It breaks my heart. Empathy is to feel what others are feeling in order to bring them healing. It's empathy. And in significant relationships, do you know what's going on in that person's life? Do you ask the deeper questions do you get deep? Do you listen to their hurt? Do you walk through their pain with them? Do you pray with them through problems? Friends, it's so obvious. Uh, it's so, uh, uh, in honesty, it's so difficult sometimes in relationships because you just, you get used to that pseudo intimacy. You know, you come into church. How you doing? Good. How you doing? Fine. How you doing? Blessed and highly favored. I mean, it, there's, there's just no like deeper question that gets asked. And without the question, there's no way to get the answer. I'm not saying like as greeters in our church, like if you're a greeter at the church, you walk up to somebody and say, hey, tell me all your sins and how they're affecting your life. Hey, how's it going? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm talking about building the kind of relationships with people that go on a deeper level where you recognize something else is going on and I want to be a part of the solution. Some people, friends, pay more attention to the ups and downs of the stock market than they do their own relationships in their family. 
It gets so easy to be superficial, talking about sports or, or, or the weather or politics or whatever. But Galatians 6, 2 says it like this, share each other's troubles and problems. And so obey the Lord's command. Share means maturity. You share instead of saying mine, mine, mine all the time. Let me stop <clears throat> and say something that I think is helpful because I've been watching a trend and I think there's a double-edged sword in it. I think there was a season in generations where we overlooked our own need for what is now termed self-care. I think people worked themselves to death and they didn't care anything about themselves and they literally uh, just burned out, okay? And that's obviously not healthy. There's a time to sit and soak. There's a time to be able to uh, just receive from the Lord. There's times to get away. There's time to vacation. There's times to relax, right? There's times to get alone with God in the word. All of those things are really super important. <clears throat> but uh, post-pandemic, there was a huge uh, influx of anxiety and fear and um, uh, the, the crisis counseling went through the roof and, and I thank God for, for godly counselors, but the, I, I do believe there's two sets of counseling. There, there's one set that is intended to bring health and help so that that person can get healed and move forward. And then there's another type of counsel that creates codependency where it becomes all about you and then they just listen to you tell all about you and then you become always the focus and center of attention and they'll never disagree with you or tell you that what you're thinking is maybe a little selfish and self-motivated. And so you tend to sit and soak when God calls you to serve and give. And when you stop serving and giving, the focus starts on you and never leaves. And it creates insecurity and immaturity and anxiety and fear because everything's about us. Now, again, please hear the balance in the middle of this pendulum. Counseling is, it can, can be very helpful and, and very strategic in your life. So I'm, I'm not minimizing the significance or the help that is given. Please don't mishear me. Matter of fact, if you need it, get it, please. But there's this balance between going off the deep end where self-care becomes selfish to the point that you overlook everyone else's needs. And what I've found interesting is when I'm walking through trouble or crisis, it's often when I start serving others and become others-focused that God heals my own hurts. It's amazing how God use, uses service to bless me. <laughs> that when I serve, I get blessed. It's amazing to me. Matthew eleven twenty nine 29 has this very interesting passage. It says, take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And sometimes we really don't know how to love people like we should. And so what God teaches us through this idea of a yoke, and if you don't know what that is, it's a farming term. And uh, it's, it's, matter of fact, I, I believe there's a picture that's available. It's basically that uh, a, a yoke 
of oxen, that would be two ox that would be on either side, but you can see it's, it go, this goes around their neck, and if, uh, if you're a good craftsman and a good farmer, you take the time to carefully carve out uh, a kind of properly fit yoke so that it fits the oxen well so it doesn't scratch or hurt that, that uh, yoke of oxen that are carrying or pulling things that are heavy. So go into that next picture to see. So you can see how it's, it's around their necks and they cannot move one without the other. They both move in unison with one another. All right, so, so let's drop the imagery of that picture now and let's go to Jesus in the Bible. He says, take my yoke upon you. Well, what is Jesus doing? First of all, let's just stop and think about who Jesus was when he walked on the earth and who God is as our Father and who Holy Spirit is in our lives. Just think about who he is to us. Well, Holy Spirit's a comforter and a guide and he, he comes in our time of need and he's the paraclete that walks alongside of us. Jesus, when he here on the earth in the flesh, was always doing good for others. He was, matter of fact, to his own detriment often that he was exhausted, but the Bible says he was drawn with compassion to help the people that were in need, and he would, he would instantly begin to go meet the needs of others, even at his own expense at times. What's God the Father do? God so loved the world that he... He gave. So, so we're talking about God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all as givers. So if you yoke up with Jesus, just know you're going to go his direction. So when you go his direction, when you're yoked up with Jesus, guess what happens? Is all of a sudden you start meeting the needs of other people. You start seeing people in need and you start meeting their needs. You comfort those that are hurting. You minister to those who are lost and broken and confused. You make room in your life for time with others instead of just time for yourself. I wonder today how many in this room, all it would take was to get this picture, this imagery, and this would save your marriage. You're not just yoked up with your spouse and you're trying to, the reason there's so much tension is you're, you're pulling one way and the, your spouse is pulling the other way. And, and so you can't really accomplish much. It's very disappointing. It's very discouraging. It's a very lonely feeling for some of you. But I want you to understand that being yoked up with Jesus, that his yoke is easy and his burden is light, which means he carries the majority of the load, but he will give you something called discernment. Where he, listen, I know some of you in this room, I, I don't even have to ask the question, but I'll raise my hand first. There have been times where I don't know how to love the people in my life well. I don't know how to meet their needs the way I know I'm supposed to, whether it's my spouse or my children or, or uh, coworkers or family, extended family. There are times in my life where I just don't know how to do it well. And God says, well, take my yoke because I know how to love them well. I know how to meet them at their point of need. I know how to walk them, them through crisis and pain. And so today, maybe you just need to see yourself yoking up with the Lord saying, today, God, I choose to walk your way and see things your way and do things your way. And then we finally get, we, we started with the mind, we end up at the feet and worship team, if you come as we prepare to close out. 
as we're asking the Lord for discernment and sensitivity and wisdom to, to love people well from the heart in difficult times, we have to understand God gave us feet to walk with people on the journey even when it's tough. When pain happens, friends, in relationships, life gets messy. And you need to be willing to walk through the mess and through the hard times and through the difficulty. It affects our relationships and it's easy to give a little, oh, I'm sorry you're going through that and walk away and never carry anything. But people need your presence to walk with them through tough times. One of my favorite passages, I alluded to it a couple of weeks ago, but the, the three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they, were, uh, they chose to disobey the king's orders and to not bow to a golden statue of, of Nebuchadnezzar. And they chose not to worship an earthly king, but a heavenly king. They chose to worship God. Many of you that have read that story, you know the result is that they stated, O king, we will not bow to your idol and to your golden statue, and the Lord will save us. But even if he doesn't, O king, we will not bow. But then the Bible says that they were thrown into that fiery furnace. And then the Bible says that the ropes they were tied with burned away but they're walking around in the fire. And the Bible says that one of the guards looks down and says, there's a fourth man in the fire. We only threw in three, but there's a fourth man. Let me tell you this about our God. Let me tell you, I understand that on this earth, we will have fiery trials. There are problems and there are pain. Listen, we are on this side of heaven. We're not there yet. Once we're in heaven, there's no more crying and no more sorrow and no more, no more tears. No more wailing and no more pain and brokenness. There's no more issues, no more needs for healing in our bodies. Friends, we have a heavenly body. On the other side of this, it is glory. But until we get there, friends, trouble still exists. Problems and pain and crisis still come. And let me tell you something about our God. He walks with you in the midst of the fire. And this is what he says to each and every one of us today is, will you walk with me and another brother or another sister in Christ? Will you walk with them through the fire? When you go through fire, there's a lot of why questions. And we tend often to ask questions that there are no real good answers to. Matter of fact, ask a bad question, get a bad answer. Like, you know, asking a question like, why does it always have to happen to me? Well, we already know that not everything always happens to you, right? I mean, the fact is we are living in a wonderful society and a, and a wonderful time period in human history. Like the life expectancy is way older now than it was like, you know, 200 years ago. We're living in a great time period. We've got technology and resources and we've got research and development. We've got hospitals and we've got clean drinking water and we've got clean air for the most part. I mean, like we're literally living in one of the greatest time periods in human history. And yet we ask questions like, why does everything bad always happen to me? But do you know when you walk with somebody through a fiery trial, it's very hard when their feet are burning to ask good questions. It's very hard to have good theology when your feet are burning. 
I encourage you, if you're not walking through a fiery trial, but you know someone who is, don't judge them in the midst of their questions. You come alongside them. You tell them you love them. You tell them you're beside them 100%. You tell them you'll walk through the tough stuff with them. You tell them no matter what it takes, I'm going to be like God. I'm yoked up with Jesus, and I'm going to walk where you walk, and I'm going to go where you go. I'm not leaving you alone. I'm going to leave you with my hand extended in the fiery trial. And even if they choose to walk alone, I'd encourage you to walk behind them close enough where all they have to do is turn. Friends, today God's calling us as a body of Christ, as believers, to rebuild relationships that are broken down because we haven't walked in the kind of humility that's necessary. John 13, 17 says, you know these things, now do them. That's the path of blessing. People are so hungry for relationships. We don't have to live life alone. God created us to be in right relationship with him so that we could be in right relationship with others. That's why he did it. And 2 John 1, 6, I'll end with this, that love means living the way that God commanded us to live. As you've heard from the beginning, his command is this, live a life of love. Nurture those relationships. Grow deep in relationship to God and each other. And I believe as you love God, as you love people, God's going to make a way where there seemed to be no way. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you for this message today. And Lord, I pray it touched the hearts and lives of people that it might result in healed relationships. That there might be restoration in relationships that are broken down and hurting. And I pray there'd be something sweet and significant that happens in this room today. That we would become more like you in our love for one another. We'd be honest about our failures and our flaws. We'd be open to correction when we need it. But we'd love one another deeply. If you just keep your heads bowed and eyes closed for just a moment, there may be some in this room you'd say, Mark, I need Jesus in my life to help me with this. I need to be yoked up with someone who does this better than me. And friend, he's waiting on you. He's not here to judge you, and neither am I. I'm not here to embarrass you. I simply want to invite you into relationship with the only one who can really set you free and restore your relationship. And today, if you want to be included in this prayer, I want you to do this. I want you to simply invite you to slip up your hand, acknowledging, Mark, I need that today. I need Jesus to come alongside me. Maybe it's a first-time commitment to make Jesus truly Lord of your life. And when you do that, he'll forgive every sin you've ever committed or ever will commit. With your willingness to just simply acknowledge him and repent, the Bible says that he'll do great things. Or maybe this is a recommitment. Maybe you've been a Christian for years. And you love Jesus with all your heart, but you just know you need to be yoked with him because some relationships are out of alignment or there's challenges in your life. You just know you need him. Whatever that is, whatever your issue, problem, or pain, I want you to do this. Would you slip up your hand, acknowledging by the raised hand, Mark, that's me. Include me in the prayer right now. Come on, yeah. God bless you. Yes, God bless you. Yes, over here, God bless you. God bless you in the balcony. Yeah, in the main floor, God bless you. Many hands that are lifted today, just acknowledging that need. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? That's you today. God bless you. I want to pray with you. 
I want to lead you in a prayer, and I'm going to have you repeat this prayer out loud after me. Everybody in this room, can you repeat this prayer with me? Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I repent for all I've done wrong. I believe that you died and rose again for me. I make you Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for changing me. I choose to trust you with every area of my life. Now fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Friends, I want to do this symbolically today as we prepare to close out our services. I want you to take out the communion elements. Our ushers are coming. If you did not receive these communion elements on the way in, uh, we want to make sure that you receive that. So if you would, uh, just kind of wave at them as they walk down the aisle. If you need one, just uh, point them out and they'll be glad to get that into your hands. Got a couple over there. Yeah. Just flag them down. We want to make sure all have received. We got some up in the very top of the balcony. Yeah, God bless you. We want to make sure all have received. If you'll pull back the cellophane that reveals this wafer, this represents the body of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's a representation, it's a symbol of what Jesus Christ did for us that his broken body, that he, his body was broken, that we could be made whole and healed. And more than that, his body was broken, not just for our physical healing, but also for our relational healing. And today I'm believing that as we prepare to receive communion with a submitted heart to God and recognizing God as our Lord and we're yoked with him, that we humbly allow our lives to simply say, God, I need you and I'm willing to submit to you. That this body is broken so I can be healed. And so would you just kind of break that, just break it in half as a reminder of what Jesus did. And then I'm gonna pray over you and over your relationships right now that God would give you a strategy, discernment, wisdom, and sensitivity in your relationships to know what to say and, when to not, and to when to not say something. Lord Jesus, you see these that are in this room that need a touch from you, and I pray in Jesus' name that as we take this bread, it's a reminder we're partaking in relationship with the body of Christ, that we're partaking of you, that we might be whole and healed and sensitive to your Holy Spirit in relationships. Let's receive this bread by faith. Thank you, Jesus. Now, if you'll pull back the top revealing the juice, it's a reminder of Christ's blood that was shed on Calvary's cross that we might be forgiven, whole, and healed. And so today, as we receive this juice and partake of it, it's a reminder that Christ paid it all. You're going to be imperfect. Matter of fact, just turn to your neighbor right now and just tell him you're going to be imperfect and it's okay. Just let him know. You might be sitting by your spouse, but it's okay. Tell him, you're, you're going to be imperfect, but it's okay. God's going to help you to make up the difference. And on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and then he took the cup. And when he lifted it, he said, this is my blood, which was shed for the remission of your sins. Take it. And as you do, the Bible says, Jesus said, do it in remembrance of me. So we remember Jesus and what he did. Let's receive this cup by faith.
thank you, Jesus. Now, can you be just stand up all over this house and begin to give God praise in your own way, in your own words? We're going to worship the King together. Come on, let's celebrate who He is and what He does, and what He does, and what He's done. Worship team, would you lead us as we close out our time together? Let's worship the King. Lift Him up. Today, here's the action steps. I'm going to first release some of our leadership team to head to the back to greet you and to go to our guest reception. If you're a first-time guest, please let us know and uh, come into that guest reception. We'll give you a gift for hanging out with us today. But here's your action step. I'm about to release you with a blessing. But guess what? We're getting ready to leave the church and go into the world. And the world's filled with crisis and people that are going to cut you off on Ross Clark Circle. Come on, somebody. They're going to jump in front of you in the line at Target and take 20 minutes extra. Come on. Your spouse is going to take that garbage bag and whip it down one last time too much. Come on, somebody. Hey, life is going to happen. And you need the action step. So get your mind right. Get your heart prepared. Get your eyes right. And you get your mind ready to serve. And before you get out of bed tomorrow, Lord, who can I serve and how can I serve? We are yoked with Jesus. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance on you and bring you peace. And may the Lord our God write his name on your heart and declare you're my child and no one can take you from my hand. May you know the love of your Savior that came and died for you and rescued you. And may you give that love away to as many people as humanly possible. I bless you to be a blessing to your family and your friends and your co-workers and to all those in your sphere of influence. I bless you to carry the name of Jesus and to be yoked with him. In the name of Jesus, I pray it. Amen. Amen. Did you receive anything today? Hey, I pray you did. God bless you. We love you. Have a Jesus-filled rest of the week. We'll see you this Wednesday or next Sunday. God bless you. You're dismissed.